are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, NFL fans, to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. On today's episode of Locked On NFL, six super wild card games leave six teams eliminated from the playoffs. We'll take a look at the burning questions for each organization as they prepare to try for another playoff run next season. Then Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles joins us to talk about the firing of head coach Doug Peterson, why it was not a surprise for him, and the best options to replace the Super Bowl winning head coach. And finally, Vinny Iyer of Locked On Fantasy Football joins for our Tuesday Fantasy Forum to talk to Sean Watson and the best possible trade destination should he be moved from the fantasy football perspective. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA. This is Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, and this is Locked On NFL. All right, Ross, let's start with uh, some of these wild card losers, seasons ending before they uh, they meant him to. And let's just go with chronological uh, order of the weekend, which means we're starting with the Indianapolis Colts who fall in a thriller to the Buffalo Bills. And now they're in a weird situation. They only had Philip Rivers for one year. Maybe he's got another year in him. Maybe they don't want to head that way. They also, uh, Jacoby Brissett, also a pending free agent. What do you do at the QB position if you are the Indianapolis Colts? I think that's the biggest question of their offseason. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very interesting question, too, to try to figure out exactly what's going to go on there. I would be most interested to see if the Indianapolis Colts would move ahead in the draft and try to get one of these later, but high floor or high ceiling, potentially low floor guys like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance go out there, get the youth there and then potentially see what you have uh, with those guys. And maybe you still do that. Even if Phillip rivers does come back, you make that move, you go up there and you grab somebody in the first round. You feel like it could be a potential successor with a bit of a higher ceiling than what you have in the building right now. Let's continue on with the Saturday games. We had the Seahawks drop their game 30 to 20 to the Los Angeles Rams. When it comes down to this, it's a very simple question, Luke. Should the Seahawks just blow it all up? It's time to get rid of Pete Carroll. I'm done with him. Oh. It, it's here's the thing. Pete Carroll did great eight years ago with that spot drop cover three when he had pro bowlers at every single position, that scheme has been solved. Every coach knows how to beat spot drop cover three and by spot drop. I mean like actual pure zone coverage. You here's your landmark. Here's your area. Read the quarterback's right. eyes. Every quarterback knows how to look off the free safety. Every uh, wide receiver knows how to find the hole in that zone. They're coming out of college knowing how to do that now. It's solved. And Pete Carroll hasn't updated that in years. Not to mention the outdated run ideas and, and the fourth down decisions are really conservative and all that stuff. Seahawks fans are mega frustrated with that and I totally get it. But honestly, what's supposed to come with Pete Carroll is one of the best defensive coaches in the league. And he is running a dinosaur scheme. He's a dinosaur coach. It is time to move on. Maybe hang on to Russell Wilson. If you still believe in him, do whatever you want with that coaching scheme, but it is time for a new defensive look in Seattle and not something that has, it was pretty much over by 2015, Mm. but uh, let's, let's stick with things blowing up, which was basically the entire 2020 uh, calendar year for the Washington football team. It was a rough (laughs) year for Washington. Very rough year. Is 
is the culture fixed in Washington? Are things going to be okay? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't think you can fix the culture in Washington for a long period of time, i.e. really solve this problem until somehow or another Dan Snyder is no longer a part of that that organization as an owner. Now, bringing in Jason Wright, who's a big culture guy, bring in Ron Rivera, who's a big culture guy. Those obviously help a ton. They have made a ton of very interesting and I think uh, specific decisions pointed to trying to solve some of these issues, but there's still always going to be one big sort of overhanging rainy Eeyore cloud. And mm-hmm. that's always going to be Dan Snyder uh, up until they make a, a better decision in terms of where to go with that situation. Uh, let's jump over to the uh, AFC here. We've got the Tennessee Titans. Uh, when it comes down to the Tennessee Titans, they are in an interesting position. Arthur Smith could possibly be leaving, could possibly get a job elsewhere. They might be in need of a new offensive coordinator. Should they use this as an opportunity to redesign their approach on offense? I don't think that's the answer for the Titans. And this doesn't have anything to do with Derrick Henry, who's great, of course. It has everything to do, though, with Ryan Tannehill. The wide zone has proven to be the match for for Ryan Tannehill. That has proven to be the thing that can unlock the most of his ability. Mm -hmm. And I think to move away from it would be kind of letting perfect be the enemy of great. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and you would kind of make yourself worse in an effort to, to, to change too many things. Arthur Smith worked out great in Tennessee. That's why he's going to go get a head coaching job. I would either promote from within or go grab somebody from the many wide zone staffs that are out there, like uh, green Bay's San Francisco's McVay's staff, grab somebody off of that staff to go keep doing what you're doing with Tannehill because it is working. And I think if you make a few other tweaks to be smarter on Sundays, have a good off season, Tennessee's absolutely right back in the mix of things in 2021. Um, But let's talk about another offense that's been a little disappointing. Mm. The Bears, who got smoked on Nickelodeon. They they (laughs) let the the Saints get into the slime zone too many times, and they didn't get in themselves until it was far too late. Is Matt Nagy enough? And I guess more importantly, does he deserve a chance with a quarterback he chose instead of one he inherited? I actually believe that Matt Nagy could get an opportunity or should get an opportunity with a quarterback that he handpicks and give him a chance to work with somebody that he knows can do whatever this scheme is supposed to be, because I don't truly believe that we've ever gotten an opportunity to actually see what the intended scheme that Matt Nagy was supposed to be bringing to the NFL with him and to the Chicago bears with him, having to deal with the limitations of Mitch Trubisky or having to play with these sort of variant uh, sort of volatile nature of Nick Foles. So, the thing is that when he came into Chicago, the idea was that he was going to bring this big shift, this big change, and then bring this very successful, high-powered offense with him. But instead, he's had to adjust the offense and tone it down and keep it within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage in order to essentially compensate for the fact that Mitch Trubisky is that quarterback. Now, he was able to do that successfully for a string of games, but not when it mattered when you're playing in the playoffs. And I'm not entirely mad at Matt Nagy for that. I just think that he's at a bit of a disadvantage where he can't implement the system that he wants because at the moment he doesn't have a quarterback on his roster that can execute it. So I would say if you keep him around, give him an opportunity to work with a quarterback that he believes can fit that system. And then to wrap this all up, we'll take a look at the very last playoff game, which was an absolute just 
I thought this was a very surprising outcome and a very surprising start. But Pittsburgh Steelers dropped their game to the rival Cleveland Browns after Cleveland goes up 28-0 to zero to open this game up. Ben Roethlisberger, 500 passing yards and, and some touchdowns, but he also threw four interceptions in this game. What do you do with ben, big Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah, the Steelers are at somewhat of a crossroads right now, and I think it's really important that they make the right decision and not the most loyal one. Um, mm. I d- don't think Ben Roethlisberger has a lot left in him. I don't think he's the quarterback to take the Steelers to the promised land anymore. He kind of ran out of juice at the end of the season. That's what happens when you're 39, still trying to play quarterback in the NFL. And he comes with a $41 million cap hit for a team that's going to be $21 million over the cap, according to mm. certain estimates of what the cap will be. We don't actually know how, how right. close that is, but it's going to be tight for the Steelers. So they kind of have to choose. Do we get rid of uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who I think you can save about half of that $41 million if you cut him or trade him or whatever? Uh, or do we get rid of established players like Cameron Hayward and Stefan Tuitt? and David DeCastro, kind of these role players that are very important that have been in that organization for a long time, you would have to sacrifice a lot of those players to hang on to Ben Roethlisberger and not even maybe get that good a play out of him. I think this is a very good opportunity for the Steelers to solve a cap issue by getting rid of Roethlisberger, figuring out what you're going to do at quarterback. And you don't have a great draft pick uh, in in the 2021 draft. You might have to trade up or do something like that. Uh, You might have to go look at free agency, hope the Cowboys screwed up with Dak Prescott, go get a Jacoby Brissett type Mm -hmm. uh, bridge quarterback or something like that. But I think I would rather figure that out and still have my very good roster, especially some of the players like Stefan Tuitt, who's kind of in his prime. I would rather not give up on that and have to cut ties with all those players. So I think it's time for the Steelers to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. But speaking of moving on, there are six teams that actually did on Super Wild Card Weekend. So we have the divisional round coming up and now everything works like we are all used to as an eight-team tournament. And the lines are pretty diverse. You have the Kansas City Chiefs, they're favored by 10. Buffalo Bills only favored by one. There are some really interesting bets to get in on here. And I can't wait to dive in with things like the Locked On Bets podcast sponsored by uh, betonline.ag and uh, see if I can't win a little bit of money back. I had a terrible Super Wild Card weekend. So oh, if no. You in, <laughs> if you want to get in on that action, though, there is only one place that has you covered. One place that we trust. That is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And Ross, some uh, news kind of broke on Monday, uh, Monday morning, at least for us on the West Coast. The Eagles kind of in a stunner have parted ways with head coach Doug Peterson. Now, I'm not crazy familiar with the Eagles. I know they're in a pretty rough cap situation, and they obviously did not have a great season for 11 and 1 on the 2020 season. So let's bring in an Eagles expert. We have one of those? Of course we do. It's Locked On Podcast (laughs) Network. Gino Camilleri. What's going on, man, from Locked On Eagles? I hear you have some thoughts. Yeah, the, this team always leaves me in a state of shock more often than not. And <laughs> this is one that here we are again. 
Philadelphia is always the most fun city to cover when it comes to football. The day I move into my new house that we just bought, it took us six months. They leave it to this day to break this news. Of course. And of course it is. <laughs> and it comes with the firing of Super Bowl winning coach, the last NFC head coach to win a Super Bowl in Doug Peterson. But besides that, there is so much more to this. And if you had listened to us on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, myself had said that this was a three-pillar approach. And those three person was Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. And when it comes down to it, trying to move on from Howie for Jeffrey Lurie is never going to happen. And to move on from that contract that Carson Wentz is under is near impossible. So why not go with the head coach firing move, which if you've been listening to Philadelphia and seen the news and the beat reporters and what they've said over the last couple of years, this isn't too shocking. It is to everybody else, I would say, but for everybody in Philadelphia, it was kind of one of those things that it was expected to an extent, but Man, for everything he's brought to us in Philly, we have to give nothing but respect to Coach Peterson. And I wish him nothing but luck moving forward. And it's going to be weird not seeing him on the sidelines moving forward here in Philly. Yeah, absolutely. I have to ask, you know, you mentioned that sort of three-figured approach with those three guys. You know, moving on from Doug Peterson, does that signal anything to you when it also comes to Howie as well as Carson Wentz as well? So to me, this all stems to not even beyond Howie and Carson, but to the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. And Mm. last season, Mm. he had made the executive decision to go ahead and fire Doug Peterson's offensive coordinator and Mike Groen and our receivers coach in Carson Walsh, a move which Doug Peterson wasn't too fond of. And Doug wanted to get his staff and build it under his supervision. But Uh the thing was, Jeffrey Lurie, has not been pleased with this offense. And if you look at this season, they did not score 30 points a single time. Oh, actually, they did twice, and they lost both times. But their offense has just sputtered the last two seasons. And Jeffrey Lurie really wants to be one of these teams that, if you watch the playoff games yesterday, that are scoring 30 points and are going to be a two-seed in the playoffs. Jeffrey Lurie isn't happy with mediocrity. He doesn't care if you go to four straight NFC championship games, go to a Super Bowl. If you're Andy Reid, he'll fire you if you have a bad season. He's done that with Chip Kelly. He's now done it with Doug Peterson. And the overall messaging to this franchise is we are not going to sit here and let things just sputter out of control. We are going to take the onus, take responsibility, and right now, I believe that there is a short leash on Howie and there's a short leash on Carson, but ultimately Mm -hmm. I still believe Carson is a good quarterback in this league. Mm -hmm. I still think he's a top 15 talent and the move benching Jalen Hurts, even drafting Jalen Hurts was questionable, but now you see where the loyalty lies in this franchise And I don't believe, and I never believed for a second, that they were going to sit with nearly $30 of dead cap trading Carson Wentz out of Philly this coming offseason. So when it's all said and done, the easiest move is to fire your head coach and see if you could get this train back on the tracks. Because Carson Wentz is going to be a nightmare if you trade him elsewhere. I don't want to see it. I want to see him here in Philly, and I want to see somebody that can make him work because he's only... Two seasons removed or three seasons removed now from having an MVP year and had 
excellent years in 18 and 19. So here we are now. Show me the plan forward, Jeff. Show me the plan forward, Howie. Rather it be a, another former Kansas City Chief coach and Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dable or even the college ranks. I'm I'm saying give Lincoln Riley all the money in the world and let him come here and craft an <laughs> offense for Carson Wentz. So uh, the options are now open and the door is back open for Wentz. And he's got to be one happy guy today. He goes from getting sat by his head coach four weeks ago to now having a fresh new clean slate here in Philadelphia. That so all of those names make a whole bunch of sense, right? Especially the college thing. I love that idea for the Eagles, mm-hmm. especially considering you don't really know what sort of uh, what sort of roster you're going to be dealing with with the cap situation the Eagles are in. Um, but there was another name that Ian Rappaport has reported just recently, Mike Kafka, uh, former mm-hmm. backup quarterback. Go back to the backup quarterback thing. He's been on the Eagles staff before. He's familiar with all of that stuff. What do you think about that? So if you look at Kafka, he's somebody that this franchise drafted somebody that they liked here for a while and a guy that once again is under the Andy Reid coaching tree and Jeffrey Lurie is one of the most loyal guys in the in the NFL and when he likes something he likes it to the greatest extent and he loves that Andy Reid coaching tree and Kafka has been this kind of under the radar type guy because the big name right now in Kansas City is Bianami of course everybody knows sure. that has been for the past two seasons but at the same time, Andy Reid is always building his coaching staffs for two or three years down the road. So Kafka, being this young and up-and-coming guy, I'm under that type of coaching move. I'm under this new, invigorative type offense. Bring me some new, fresh ideas. That's why I love the ideas of going to the college ranks, because right now we've seen everything in this West Coast offense the last five years. This Eagles offense was not creative. They weren't using their weapons the way they should be. And you see the Kansas City Chiefs and what they are able to do. Kafka, somebody who has been under Andy Reid and knows what athleticism can do to an offense, has that quarterback mentality, which if you look at 17 when Wentz was so good, they had three former quarterbacks in the building. Well, two former quarterbacks and a very good quarterback coach in John D. Filippo. They had Frank Reich and Doug. You bring in Kafka, I think that's a very good way to mesh your quarterback who needs to be honed in and get him moving forward. And I think Kafka is an excellent up-and-coming mind that could do much like that. And somebody else in the college ranks, Graham Harrell. USC's offensive coordinator. They wanted to interview him last year, but he wanted to have the chance to call plays. So now with this big opening that you can now hire a head coach to call plays because Doug isn't there anymore, that's going to be even more enticing. And if you have a guy that loves Carson Wentz and thinks he could truly be the guy, that's a heck of a job to go to. Because if you look around at the other head coaching positions outside of Jacksonville that is going to have a star in Trevor Lawrence, where are the the key quarterbacks? And especially if Houston trades away to Sean Watson, you're going to look at this Eagles opening and say, this might be one I want to get a hold of and think I can do some excellent things with a top six pick. Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders, a good offensive line coach. I think there's a lot of promise on this Eagles roster if you're an offensive-minded head coach. Absolutely. Should be a very enticing one indeed. Gino, we appreciate you very much for coming through. Gino Camilleri, everybody, you can catch him and his fantastic co-host Louis, Louis DiBiase over at Locked on Eagles every Monday through Friday. Gino, we appreciate you taking the time, man. Hey guys, thank you so much and uh, best of luck to Eagles Nation the next couple of days. It's going to be quite the fluster, but we're going to work our way through here, guys. Fly Eagles fly. Always great to be able to rely on the local experts to come through and then give us what we need to talk about a team like the Philadelphia Eagles who do this and now are on the verge of a big rebuild. And you know what? 
I might need to do a little bit of a rebuild myself. I might open up and give myself a little bit of a car project here soon and rebuild an old classic. You know what I mean? Don't you feel like that's something that I could do? Maybe with the help of rockauto.com. Maybe with the help of (laughs) rockauto.com, I could get it done. That's absolutely right, Luke. Our good friends over at rockauto.com are phenomenal. An extensive catalog that's super easy to navigate. All you do, you go there, you, you put in your the make, you put in the model, you put in the year, which by the way, for this classic that I literally just bought six minutes ago, I have no idea the make model or a year of it, but that's okay. Because even if I don't have that information, Rock Auto will still be able to help me out with their easy to navigate catalog. So I'm very grateful to them. So go and check them out. They're awesome. I'm super serious. Their catalog is great. Uh, and it's great for professionals, do it yourself, doesn't matter what, you pay the same prices. So go and hit them up, rockauto.com. And don't forget to write in locked on in their how'd you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts that you'll ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, y'all, it is Locked On NFL. And for some NFL teams, the season and the games might be over, but the work is just beginning. So join <laughs> <laughs> See, I guess that does. I guess that does resonate for you, doesn't it? <laughs> Join Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solek over at Locked On NFL Draft Podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week, they pick a new team, take a deep dive into potential front office and head coaching signings, a roster review, free agent strategies, and go through a team-centric mock draft that's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Luke, they might talk about the Vikings at some point. We will see. Uh, on today's <laughs> episode of Locked On NFL, it is Tuesday, so we have our fantasy forum as we do every Tuesday, and we are joined by the great Vinny Iyer at Vinny Iyer on Twitter, host of the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast and fantasy football writer over at Sporting News. Vinny, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about Deshaun Watson. There's a lot of trade rumors about him, potential places where he could potentially go with all of the sort of disgruntled nature, everything going on in Houston. So let's get started. You wrote a great article over at Sporting News about seven different places where Deshaun Watson might end up or could potentially end up if he were to be traded. I want to take a look at these from the fantasy value. One of my favorite ones and destinations that you have written down is the Miami Dolphins. Can you tell us a little bit about what he, what his fit would be like in Miami and how that would affect his fantasy value? First of all, with Deshaun Watson, the fit is going to be great in most places because he's Deshaun Watson. And they took away DeAndre Hopkins, but what did he do? He said, okay, I'll make it work with Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller. They took away Will Fuller because of Will Fuller. And what did he do? He got the job done. And he had his best statistical season. He led the NFL in passing yards. So anywhere he goes, the teams will build around what he can do. So he already has a pretty high floor for reality and fantasy. We know that. But you go to Miami, we know that they had some weapons there. All really, Deshaun Watson needs to go with. And his own running ability, he'll find different guys to get the ball to. So the sure thing is out there in Deshaun Watson. It's hard to pass up on that if you have the means to acquire him. So I want to flip over to the NFC here. Uh, my favorite fantasy, at least, destination, because this is the Tuesday Fantasy Forum, is the San Francisco 49ers. Because Jimmy Garoppolo has had trouble staying healthy when he is healthy. He's not really getting it done. And there are so many interesting fantasy assets over in San Francisco from Brandon Ayuk to Debo Samuel, all these guys that would become so much more interesting if there was a quarterback that could overcome some of the problems that San Francisco has had. Tell me about what you think about Deshaun Watson's likelihood of going to San Francisco and the, and the sort of fit you see there. 
Well, Kyle Shanahan has produced a lot of great fantasy football seasons at the highest level, Matt Ryan during his MVP season. But Jimmy Garoppolo has been pretty useful as well when he's been on point. And even as a streamer, you've had moments for Nick Mullins. So you put an elite quarterback, so-called passer, in there in the system that also gives you, gives you some running ability. Look at Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. I don't know how you would stop this offense when you also throw in Watson's running ability, his ability to get the ball downfield, spread it to these guys, get them to make some big plays after the catch. So that would be, to me, really the ideal scenario you could expect of all these teams for Deshaun Watson because already established playmakers and you get Watson in an incredibly productive offensive system. And I think you're looking at a 49ers offense that could go from really good with the running game to one that has the potential to score 500 points. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. Wow. What's your favorite uh, fantasy landing point of all of these? We'll, we'll link the article that you wrote about this in the show notes where you pitch like seven of them, but which one is your favorite from a fantasy perspective? Well, I think uh, one that might be underrated because I do like the 49ers, number one. But if the Broncos are toying around with trying to make a quarterback move here, they've got some weapons, too. And I look at Drew Locke. He left a lot on the table with some of these guys. And they didn't have Cortland Sutton in there either. So you have Cortland Sutton back. That it's going to help Jerry Judy. You have Noah Fant. So that would actually be pretty intriguing to me as well because I think – you can get the most out of skill set. And the Broncos were just such a tease of a team. When Drew Locke was good, you saw a lot of these uh, guys go off and can produce, but that only happened a few times this season, like the Carolina game. So you get someone in there more consistent and you figure a combination like Watson and Sutton, pretty hard to stop as well. I think the Broncos could be a really, really solid fit for them. Uh, and I love that you brought that one up as an underrated one. Uh, Vinny, over on Locked on Fantasy Football, you're taking a look at takeaways from the wildcard weekend. By the end of the weekend, you're already going to be looking, or the end of the week, rather, heading into the weekend, you're going to be looking at DFS, daily fantasy plays, everything like that. You do such a great job over at Locked on Fantasy Football. What else do you have coming up over on the offseason so folks know to listen? Yeah, we'll definitely do a postmortem of every team here because we want to know not just what they did last season, fantasy football, what they're going to do in this upcoming offseason. How are they going to improve? How are they going to get set up to be more productive overall? I think it's going to be another great offseason. So uh, follow us all offseason long. We'll uh, look at every team in depth here and get you going. Uh, advanced scouting, I like to call it, for next fantasy football season. That sounds awesome, Vinny. Thank you so much for taking the time. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one. All right, everybody. So college football season is officially through. We've got all the tape we are ever going to be able to study, which means that Wednesdays tomorrow on the Locked On NFL podcast are extra important with Tony Wiggins, James Rapian, and an expert from the Locked On NFL Draft stable of experts coming on to break down NFL draft stuff. If your team is like mine and eliminated, this is the day for you. So you can catch Locked On NFL tomorrow. I'm Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. That's Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola for the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.